To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. You can check us out at tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also listen to us on our various platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. We're going to have some fun here today, April 14th, 2022, the day after the day. After the day. They caught him. We caught him. We caught him. We had a red ball here in the city. We had a red ball. Uh, for those of you who may, who may be hearing this whenever you hear this, uh, we're recording this like two days after the subway shooting that was in... Uh, Parks, uh, Sunset Park. Uh, Sunset Park, Brooklyn. Uh, it's uh, very personal uh, to me and to Ed because this is our neighborhood. Literally, Ed drops his wife off to the 36th Street. Ah, uh, uh, not Brooklyn anymore. Street. But well, you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many people we know. I myself use it literally every single day. And my girlfriend was on the R train that day. Oh, she was really okay. Going to work, commuting to work. Yeah, and but it's a not a major hub per se, but it is the for this area. For this area, it's very important. It is a a hub into the city. Yeah, at the Thirty Sixth Street, you will catch the R train, the N train, the D train, uh, and sometimes even the B train, depending on how it it may or may not get uh, rerouted. Sometimes Mm -hmm. even the Q train, depending on how it may get rerouted. But both. R train, N train, and D train are major vessels into Manhattan. And so all the working people in this area, it's just, you know, Ed, you live a few blocks from the N train yourself. Uh, 1.3 miles to be exact. And how do I know this? Because (laughs) when it happens, immediately I was getting bombarded. Me and my wife were getting bombarded by text and and phone calls and social media uh, 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 DMs. Is everyone okay? Is everyone okay? And I'm like, I'm 1.3 miles away. Everyone's fine. Uh, Jen was supposed to go into the city that morning. Um, I have friends who are like, oh my God, I missed that train by like, uh, uh, that incident by like 10 minutes. Um, Eugene, friend of the show, uh, he missed it by 10 minutes. Uh, But, uh, and you know what? Um, Prayers still go out to those victims who are gladly. Some were not. Vi- so far, there have been no fatalities. Shooting. There are no fatalities, right? But um, but luckily, uh, um, uh, you know, hope we're praying for a quick recovery with with, with the people who were affected. Mm-hmm. Um, that morning, Ed, uh, y- you had given me an assignment of watching. Uh, the new season of Star Trek Picard, which uh, yes. I had been uh, I had been behind on. You know, um, frankly, if I want to give a sort behind of behind the ghetto, if I want to give a little preview <laughs> of what I've been thinking of it so far, I've been going like, uh, the f- the first season had didn't give me a lot of like I wasn't super pumped for it. You're always good to see Patrick Stewart, but it was kind of like ah. Uh, so he's like, you got to watch it for the podcast. And I was like, all right, okay, I'll, I'll power through for the podcast. Powered through uh, all five of the six that are out there. 
And uh, Tuesday mornings is like my Friday night. So I don't really care what time I get home too much. It's just like kind of like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do what I like to do on, on a day like this sleep. But because I had finished those. Oh, yeah. Me, okay. He had right. because he had We're sent me here. those episodes. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. He, because he had sent, sent me those episodes, Ed, you know, he was already chomping the bit. He wanted to chew the fat about him. Via so his paid account. Right? And his <laughs> Disney Plus. Yes, whatever. Okay. Account. You didn't even have to bring it up, John. Anyway. <laughs> you kept saying he sent me. Like, he, he sent me. I'm just getting to the part where you go. <laughs> okay. So so me and me and, me and Ed uh, are chewing the fat for a good like 40 minutes. Okay. And in the morning. <laughs> Mornings, you know, I get off at seven and, you know, you know, you do, you, you go downstairs, you take a dump, uh, you try and clean up yourself a little bit and then you leave. Uh, I combine that with me talking to this guy for an extra amount of time and I didn't get on the subway for a very long period of time that than normally. Normally, I just like to get the hell out of there. So I'm in Manhattan for an extra 40 minutes, which means I'm like only at DeKalb Avenue which is quite a few stops away from 36th Street then at the time when I normally would be at 36th Street in, in that in that ballpark in between 8 and 8.30 is yes, when I would be there. Yes, he knows. So technically speaking, this would be the second time Han Solo here has saved my life. That's two you owed me, Junior. <laughs> okay, if you're just joining us today, M Miguel Velez, I'm Edward Ng. Does, and am I a Wookiee? <laughs> and uh, here we're at Pancake Studios. Now, this was my opener originally, which is basically, um, if you're like, if you're anything like Pedro Serrano and the Jesus you like, despite he, Jesus no helping with the curveball, I want to say and, and say happy Holy Thursday to everyone here as we're going into the Easter <laughs> season. <laughs> What the hell just happened? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I, the whole thing was just, you know, oh, we're going into Easter Sunday. We're going to the Easter Sunday. So it's Holy Thursday. I would have gone. I would have gone with jewels from Pulp Fiction. But that's his. You should have been. You know what this was, Miguel. This was a miracle. I want you. To admit this is, to this miracle, this is divine intervention. <laughs> divine intervention. But uh, uh, it, hey, it, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Good, I'm happy. I'm happy. Everyone's happy. I'm alive. He's also glad you're alive because now you owe him your life. Now, now here's the flip side because I was glued to so I was glued to the to the, <laughs> the outlets. Flip, the flip side is Ed's going to he's going to admit to the shooting he's right now. Collect. I was I was I was at the I was at the uh, the sub uh, I have my cave, right? And I have the crime lab, which is what my workshop is really. And uh, I was glued to the social medias, to YouTube, to everything, to everything that and was it streaming. Has, what about three, four screens now, right? And so, like, you got the five, news here, you got the five. stock market here. You got, yes. You know. So uh, <laughs> immediately, I uh, I called Miguel's mom, right? And before she even picks up, I go, "Hey, Juliet, before you even uh, ask, um, I spoke to Miguel just minutes before, and then he said he had to get into the train, get get on the train." And then wow. she goes, you know what? Um, he's fine. I'm doing her accent for whatever reason. Um, he's fine. He just got out of Barclays um, and he's looking for a cab. And I'm like, no way. This guy's finding a cab. Anyway. And that was very true. <laughs> I didn't get home for like another and, four hours. Or and so. your, your mom did say, and his phone died. Okay. Always prepared. 
as usual. Right, yeah, okay, <laughs> except except for here's the part where what ate into that charge, Edward? Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the 45 minutes of you saving my life, dude. <laughs> so be all fucking smug over here. Full circle, full, full circle. circle. Uh, we also want to wish um, Anna... Happy birthday, belated. It's uh, it was it was her birthday like about several days ago. International correspondent for the show, Anna Sanamir Grimo. Yeah, so happy, happy birthday. birthday. We love you, and uh, we know you're a bit busy. And uh, she digging a fallout shelter, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Europe is a little Ooh, shaky these ow, days. Geez. Europe's a little shaky these days. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think we, that's uh, we've got our preamble mm-hmm. out of the way. Yeah. Uh, this episode we're going to be covering. Do we have our preamble out of the way? Because I'm your I'm your partner and I'm your friend. Hey, wait, which which personality is this? Ed? Oh, okay. This is <laughs> Bo Felton. Bo Felton, but sometimes I might sometimes. I might also be Tim Bayless. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we might we, <laughs> from time to time we might break out into Homicide Live on the Street because I've got Ed hooked on it now. <laughs> And I've got him hooked on it good. He's four seasons deep. Four seasons deep. And I just, I, I really breezed through it. There, trust me, there is no breezing through the show. But the funny thing about it is um, uh, we asked Jonathan, like, do you know what Le- Homicide Left from the Street is? And he says, <clears throat> to quote, yeah, that show with the black guy. With the black guy. <laughs> that really talented black guy. <laughs> Very talented. John's, John's father is black. And yet, even he is like, he's like the show with that black guy. You know, that, that one black, show. That, <laughs> that one show that with cop, that one black guy. The, cop guy. the cop, the the black guy in the early 90s. Who was a cop. He was a cop, but very forward, you know, like, because... Because like, there, there weren't a lot of black cops, there apparently. There were a lot of ba- black cops, but... See, here's the problem. That John, no, no, in the no, 90s, no. TV was just full of black cops. That's true, but he was, like, the head. New York the, undercover. He was the law head. Law and order. But was he... Were there many black cops that were the head of the, the department? <laughs> we're going to question. stop you. We're going to stop you before you go where I know you're going. So, With all this talk of head black guys. He's ahead of his time. You want to... No, we're well, not going to... We'll have a chance to interrogate him. Right we'll have a chance to interrogate him. Lo- he was large, right? He was tall, large, black guy. Head. He was head. I think the, we're done. The, 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 you know what? Let's get him in the box right now. We're going to bring, have to bring him out. So, uh, so, yeah, Ed's been on that magical journey, and he's enjoying it. I'm very happy because it was a, a show that uh, like I got into when I was in junior high school. And just absolutely, like... Yeah, I, I'm a riveting show. Uh, I'm just going to say this. There was a period of time where my three top superheroes in the world... Was Columbo. Was... The black guy. <laughs> <laughs> they still don't have a name for him. My, my, my favorite fictional superheroes at, at, at one moment, honestly, were... And Superman. Were Superman, Luke Skywalker, and, of course, Detective Frank Templeton. Detective Frank, Frank Bumblebee. So, uh, so yeah, if, if, we, if, we, if, if we bust out into that every <laughs> once in a while, yeah. it's, it's uh, yeah, because Frank Pembleton is a classically educated, uh, highly intelligent homicide detective who's grappling with well, I, I matters am, of both faith and nihilism. I had I had this idea of uh, of, a, of a of a new segment for the show called TV Cedral. Where? A crime drama podcast. <laughs> where yes, where we would just cover, we would just cover homicide life on the street. Yeah, pretty much. Unfortunately, <laughs> we've got beat to the punch of that way. That's why we had to do this this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, today's episode is going to be about uh, Moon Knight, and then we're going to cover some stuff in the news after we're done, and we will 
Come back covering Moon Knight after To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast was also sponsored by Pancake Studios. You know, To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast, we were born here at Pancake Studios, and for the past five years, we have called this place home. Pancake Studios has come a long way from offering just audio services. They now offer Dolby Atmos and surround sound mixing, video recording, production and engineering, a full range of photography servers, and sound design. It is your one-stop shop media production services. Go to PancakeStudios.net. Orphan Guitars. Local friend of the show, Alex, who works at Orphan Guitars, can help you find out what you're looking for, whether vintage or the right musical equipment for your needs, brand names from Fenders to Gibsons, electric guitars, basses, guitar amps, just head over to 493 Court Street at OrphanGuitars.com. You know, John, they've also helped with the community making donations to local soup kitchens in the past. Brooklyn's coolest guitar shop. That's OrphanGuitars.com. Two. I'm a good cop, Luther. I'm a good cop, all right? For those, those who know, know. I'm those a who cop, know. you idiot. Luther Mahoney in... Medrick, Meldrick Lewis on Homicide Life in the Street. Mike yeah. Kellerman. Mike no, Kellerman. I'm not even, I'm not even at, at that point, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you guys forgot about one of the greatest detectives of all time. And that is? Detective John Kimball of Kindergarten Cop. Yes. <laughs> you idiots. I'm a cop. Because he you interrogated idiots. kids. It is not a tumor. It's it a is tumor. not a tumor. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, of course. Of course, I was going to be on Homicide. But at the, at the time, I was uh, governor of uh, California. <laughs> um, today's episode, Moon Knight, Disney Plus. Now, Moon Knight is something Ed is not, doesn't have particularly a great, like, it wasn't in his diet. It was not. It was not in Ed's, like, formative comic book superhero diet. It is... Um, if, in fact, the, the uh, I would just reduce it as like, you know, Bargain Basement uh, Batman. Yes, as is the, <laughs> as is the classic way of, 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 of a lot of people bargain in pop culture. Um, I am on the opposite coin. Moon Knight is a particular fave of mine. Um, he is off the beaten track. Not everything about him is necessarily... He's never been a big hit. People who like him like him, but it's a small niche audience. And the people that don't like him don't like him. <laughs> I think the people who just don't like them are, they kind of start and end with the Batman pastiche uh, criticism right. and with an also... Um, but if he didn't come from the Batman background, would you like him better? Again, I know people who like Batman who do like Moon Knight. I know people, you know, it's like... Um, the thing is, is that the Batman pastiche part is fair, but it's not the only thing about uh, Moon Knight. He crosses over as a character a lot of different things, and I just want to talk a little bit about Moon Knight from the comics, and then we'll start to get into the, the series, these three episodes. Yeah. Moon Knight from the comics has this sort of... Uh, there's an aspect I've always... Uh, I want to bring up here, and that's... We have to remember that when a lot of these guys were creating these characters in the... Especially the, the early 70s and throughout the 70s with uh, at Marvel... And which that's a time when so much is added to the lore of Marvel Comics. It's, you know, uh, Stan Lee is no longer honestly doing day-to-day -day stuff. He's not writing as many things as he used to. So you suddenly get this new wave of writers that come in. 
your Marv Wolfmans, your Len Waynes, so on and so forth. They're younger, but what's important to note is that their influences, even though they were writing in the 70s, was these were guys who grew up idolizing, they were the first generation of comic book nerds who would then be part of the industry itself. So they're pulling from the, you know, a period where, guess what? The, 50s the, the and 60s. And even earlier. These, well, are, guys, these, are, these bronze, are guys, silver age. Yeah. No, no, but this is, mm-hmm. these are guys who are of an age where they are both like, yeah, when you started this thing, you know, 15 years ago, I was a kid. And I loved it. And I loved it. And I've read through all of that stuff, but I'm also a kid of that time because you got to remember, it wasn't just comic books that they were to, you have the pulps and you have stuff that was from an earlier time, from the fifties, from the forties, from the thirties, that if you were into Batman, you probably tracked down shit about the shadow. You know what I mean? So you have these other influences that aren't maybe as apparent. And, and with probably, I know I'm going out on a limb here, but definitely the civil rights movement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I no, guess. I mean, like, that's going to shape your point of view. Then when you become a writer... And a, a yeah. Well, it's the 70s... It, not, not, not really anything that uh, connects well, to I Moon think, Knight, but... Well, I, no, I think what Jonathan is saying is the 70s were very... Um, there was a lot going on in the 70s. Right, with right. The my, but my, my yeah. point is that they are... They're taking these influences of stuff that are, isn't very as readily mm-hmm, apparent. Mm-hmm. And with Moon Knight, there is the pulp thing. He, there is a he as much as and this is where the connection with Batman comes also it plays because Batman is a pastiche himself of the shadow, the shadow and you know stuff Doc like Savage. The, the Phantom so, so yeah so so you can't so like the idea that Batman is this pure thing that is a Moon Knight also taps into that sort of thing. He has that sort of like aspect where but, you have the world, you have the world traveling adventurer guy. But Batman's who, been around since like the thirties, though. Right. Yes. Yes. So well, he's had many incarnations. <coughs> right. But even in 70s, his, but but right? even in his own, like so I'm saying, his own genesis is one where you have these all this stuff. So Moon Knight is a character who has, he has the uh, uh, world traveling adventure thing, which is a very popular sort of trope from the pulps. You have the mystical supernatural stuff with Khonshu and the gods but then you also have the idea of oh he takes on this multi-millionaire personality even though that he's not Mark Spector didn't start out as a multi-millionaire so it's the Lamont Cranston Bruce Wayne sort of stuff so he can he's not just a Batman pastiche there's there's more influences there than just that let me let me just quickly for for Jonathan's uh benefit it's uh in a nutshell son of a rabbi CIA operative mercenary gets hurt wakes up uh, uh actually uh he's he's left for dead the uh, there's an Egyptian god that resurrects him right and then he pours this guy realizes oh i gotta fight crime now i'm gonna pour all of my all of my resources and and money into moon into being moon knight that along and then and then eventually there's this whole uh, other lot of oh yeah he's got uh dissociative he's got um, a did yeah, GID, dissociative, uh, it's the sort of idea that he disorder. has He's a mercenary. Um, he has this resurrection that may or may not be. Is it in his head? Did it really happen? Right, right. Okay. So, but they're toying with the element of like magic. Yes, yeah. exactly. And in the comics, it's always been a skirting issue or done in a way that's a little more, is this real? And then you have the mental 
um, issues that he has. And is this is this not just real in the sense of is Kanchu having any effect on the world at all, but it's also is is he just thinking this? Mm-hmm. Is this all in his head? Is this all in his head? Yeah. And they've uh-huh. done that a few times, and they've gone through different sort of in versions of the character where that's played up more, it's played up less. He's had powers per se, where it's like, oh, when the wo- when the moon is full, he has n- more superhuman strength. Not like he's not like he's never been presented as like which eventually Spider Man level strength or something like that. No, no. But here's the thing, though, he can go toe to toe with Doctor Doom, Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> See now you're you're rolling your eyes, but you, that is that is in fact like that's been written. Uh, uh, that's yes, how he's been yes, written, there's, there's, and therefore like. I, and here's the thing. Um, I know that you, but not like lo- blow for blow. No, well, one of the cases like when you but can gonna, I, when you can I, I, go. I they, what I'm saying is that is that generally speaking, it's not been like oh um, punch through a brick wall strength. Yeah. It's more like oh he could probably lift that car off of you. But not like lift it like clean and jerk. Probably like oh, as one guy yeah. he could. Bring, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He could pull it and roll it over like. And, those now here's the thing. I think that the direction because with the DID stuff uh, and the direction of the show, um, with its especially with its pulpy-ish type of origins, right? Uh, with a DID-ish uh, um, scenario, you go oh, I'm a I'm a weightlifter. And uh, where the psychosomatic things kick in, and he all of a sudden this this scrawny well, little guy. Yeah, well, that's can, not again the, yeah, with the, with right. the comics. It's the idea of again yeah, that Kanchu yeah. literally is empowering right, right, in right, some way. Right. And he's been this he's been this character who, okay, so Mark Spector, I'm a mercenary. <clears throat> I'm gonna parlay whatever money I have mm-hmm. to somehow become a multi-millionaire Bruce Wayne type, and I have another identity that I'm taking part. Now, at first, it's it is just. I know I'm really Mark Spector, and this is just a this is just a, a a cover. He then creates another cover identity, that of Jake Loxley, who is a taxi cab driver, and that's the idea is that between those three areas, uh, Mark Spector, former mercenary soldier of fortune, Stephen Grant, who is a multimillionaire uh, playboy about town, and then Jake Loxley, working class uh, cab cab, dri- cab, cab driver right. in the worst parts of the city. This is this is Mr. Well, that's much later. No, no, it's much, much, much later. But eventually it does become this thing where it's like, okay, through those three identities, able to have his coverage over the world of crime and operate as Moon Knight, which is which is number four. So it's Mark Spector who is pretending to be Stephen Grant, who sometimes pretends to be Jake Loxley, but they were all in the service of this. Fourth identity, Moon Knight, the costume crime fighter, and Avatar of Khonshu, the Egyptian god of justice. And it's been a long and winding road. He's introduced fighting against the werewolf by night. He's joined the uh, West Coast Avengers. He's joined the West Coast Avengers, where they started. Yeah, we're going to get into that, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, now, the West Coast Avengers thing is sort of a building up of... <laughs> friends, <laughs> they were LA based, but that's okay. It would be more like LA woman, I think, but that's okay. Um, so the the thing is, there's a point where on the West Coast Avengers, there is like a mind control plot of some heroes. Uh, the the heroes get some villain, and it doesn't work on Moon Knight because he's already crazy. Because he's already has he. There's like there's more than one mind here, or there's more than one personality. And they couldn't like get a take all of them. And the MPD part, the DID part, has become one of the two most defining aspects of the character. It's oh, he's a Batman pastiche 
with DID issues. And you know what? In all honesty, if someone wants to boil it down to that, I, it's a fair criticism. Mm -hmm. I can't, I, you know, you can't deny it. For me, though, I have enjoyed that aspect. I think that there's also, um, like I said, though. Swain would, would ever be a taxi, taxi driver. Actually, here's the thing. In the comics, Bruce Wayne also does that. That part of Bruce's thing is he will create he will create false identities. One of the biggest ones is he has a character called Matches Malone. And Matches Malone is Bruce Wayne goes undercover as this arsonist for hire in Gotham and that's how he's able to get like things things you know in the underworld but and he, stuff. But here's the other interesting thing that with with um, Moon Knight, uh, whether he's Mark Spector or or Stephen Grant, He's actually impersonated Wolverine, Spider-Man, Captain that, America. That, that goes much later, up. yeah. Now, there is one fight that I know of where it's Moon Knight versus Taskmaster, right? Uh, the one guy, Taskmaster, who we know from you know Black Widow and, and uh, who can copy people's moves, right? Versus the guy who, can, who copies people. Right? So that makes for a very interesting... Well, um, Taskmaster has a commentary about... Moon Knight. Yeah, it's like, hard. Oh. He's hard to master because he's five different people. Well, no, no. He says actually, it goes like this. He's like, I, I never copy Moon Knight. Moon Knight <laughs> will take the hit. <laughs> Moon Knight will get five times to get him his coup de grace in. It goes with the costume. Look at that costume. That's not a superhero that's hiding in the shadows. He's he's yeah. bright silver white. He literally says, "I want them to see me coming." He, he's he Moon Knight is not like um, he's closer to like the Punisher. He's he's not a like mm -hmm. uh, Batman uses a lot of stealth. He's like I'm gonna walk towards. I him will slowly. walk towards this guy <laughs> and I will beat the crap out of him as yeah. he's getting his punches in. He literally like cuts off the face of one of his enemies and offers it up as a sacrifice to Kanchi at one point. <laughs> he's hardcore now. Notice I've not said I've we're presenting him much more closer to a Batman level character, even with some influence <laughs> of the supernatural. Most of the supernatural stuff that happens in the comics has been much more psychological. And even in a universe where you have Thor and Hercules running around, Khonshu has normally never like materialized in a way and given him like here's a while he, he we have Doctor Strange too. Right. And that's the thing. We know gods and these, you know, ancient powers exist. And yet, with Moon Knight, it's always kind of on the opaque side. It's like, is this all in his head? Mm -hmm. And that goes with the writers trying to find their new angles, trying to, you know, do something interesting or different with him. But again, I'm not describing a superhero like a a, a Captain Marvel, Shazam Captain Marvel kind of which character. Is, which is what you... And you eventually will get, get into this with the show. You do get that sort of feeling like it's like oh wow he's did pete say uh our, our friend I, well, of the show, yeah, a friend of the show say, and i it's we like, oh he's basically shazam yeah we had a conversation like i said they turned him into shazam he's I, not a wizard he's not quite a wizard right? he's and that's the thing i'll get into about the show itself is that it is very different from the comic that we have discussed they're definitely using it as a jumping point off point and there are definitely many different runs where they're taking influences and it's legitimate. It's a legitimate version of this character, but it is leaning into an area that even mysticism. It hasn't necessarily gone into that direction before. Um, I'm not going to uh, give everything that friend of the show Pete said, but he was also like uh, not crazy about a lot of other things on the show. But I, for me, I, I do, I will say, 
This is not what I would have done with this character because one of the big appeals to me is the Batman pastiche stuff. Is the idea of well, let me ask you, what would you what would you have done with the character? And I look for me personally, I think I I have a kind of a I think that criticism about for me is that we start in this. I understand why. Mm Okay, because you'd never know if you're going to get a second season. You, the, there's only one big aspect that most people know about the character. That's the DID. So, of course, you're going to okay. emphasize that and you're going to put that in the forefront. I would have preferred, for me, I would have liked to seen the start of the issues with him mentally. In other words, have it be a story where he has to go undercover and he creates these identities. He creates them. And there is the slow drift into these personalities are now becoming more separate and this is becoming an issue for him operating forward. I, that's what I would have done. I would have been like, get to, oh, he he slips into us and then suddenly it's no longer, it's like, he kind of just likes being Jake Loxley right now, so mm-hmm. he's going to be Jake Loxley. Now, and here's the, what, how did that create um, issues for him I as a feel, superhero? I feel that maybe they're going towards that because already we're, we're, we've seen from three episodes, it's like, you know, um, somehow... Uh, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector, they're able to sort of work together at this right, point, right? right yeah. You know, but, but my my, right. my point would be that you would that we would see how that developed, yeah. Rather than we're just dropped in the middle of it, mm. and of course, again, no, I wouldn't. I don't think I would do mystical powers on the level of making him. You know, I he's, have... he is literally taking creating things out of nothing. And then you have to ask, well, what's the limit on that power? Yeah. I can create weapons out I'm of there. thin air. No, no, look, look, look. He was uh, so Jonathan. He was, he's 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 got like they were throwing javelins into this guy. He's got three, four javelins in him. He's bulletproof, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, what are the limitations? I'm with you on that. And, now and here's that, the thing, and that's not Moon Knight from the comics at all. Well, but that said, I I did say that he was almost toe to toe with Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Is the Fantastic Four's arch nemesis? All right, the guy is like all four of them. He's one of the one of the greatest arch nemesis villains of all time in Marvel history. He's also had his kneecap. That that point I told about like him cutting that guy's face off. Right. He did that with his kneecaps broken, and that's what I'm saying. It's like you know. So it's like this is why I didn't pick up Moon Knight because there's a lot of weird Lucy Goosey. He's all over the place here, right? The pulpiness. is Is he immortal? If he could, well, here's if the thing. Scrape your face he off was resurrected. He, he has been resurrected from the dead more than once more than in one the time. comic yeah. books, right? So, what is he? What are the limitations? We don't know. And this is the the now. So that's beyond mental illness. That's like there is mysticism, yeah, mystical stuff going. And on. then there's also the question of that, which is a chicken or egg. It's did did was this a guy who was always going to be prone to his DID issues, or? Is an ancient Egyptian god like picking in, picking into your brain makes yeah. a guy go nuts? Yeah. So, uh, but see, <laughs> here's the thing about that. This is all very niche, John. You know what we're describing is not necessarily for everyone. Right. Um, yeah. It's not super straightforward. It dwells on the psychological. It's not straight up good guys, bad guys all the time. And it's not like Moon Knight has this incredible roster of necessarily stories or villains, which are the usual, like, you know, is the usual grist for making good adaptations. And then Kevin Feige has to bring this to uh, uh, to make it more palpable for a, a public general audience. Now, Robert yeah, Martin- old school him, old school Moon Knight would probably not 
fit as well into the MCU. Now, Robert Meyer Burnett of the John Campia show, you know, like he's very well respected um, uh, as far as the stuff that we do, but better, way better. Okay. Very well read. Now, he he brings up a point. You better watch his back. He's been show is going to the next for level. weeks. He's been saying like, um, upon reviewing and just seeing not just the trailer but also with the show, is any of this stuff real? Yeah. Right. So there's this sort of like in maybe there's like an Inception thing going on. You know what? Yeah. There's you always know? the possibility with this character that it's right. about his psychology that you know oh the. The rug can be pulled right from out under him at any time, and, and that also makes, you as the audience. Yeah, and it's okay, now something else is not so. Yeah. And that makes things really interesting, like yeah. for for so you for think now. This is going to go into like a lesion uh, direction. Uh, when we get into talking about the show proper, uh, very well, we'll get you some details, and we'll give you those details when we come back on the other side. From words from friends, Ghost Dog Studio, another friend of the show, or should I say, the mother. Uh, to be continues a fanboy podcast website, Tamara, runs Ghost Dog Studio. From film scoring and editing where imagination, sound, and ideas converge. That's ghostdogstudio.com. Go to ghostdogstudio.com. And those were words from friends. So, um, yes, uh, Moon Knight is a niche character, and now Kevin Feige is giving us this series. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was very excited from it uh, for it because, like I said, he's a he's a, a bit of a personal favorite. Now, the big name in this cast is Oscar Isaac's uh, got cast to be Moon Knight, and that's a good choice. He's a very versatile actor. Um, he's on the upswing in terms of popularity, and he fits what you could do with a a Mark Spector as the base as like, okay, who looks, who could be play that world weary uh, mercenary type uh, with some soul to him with a little gravitas uh, while also being an appealing uh, lead. And, you know, Oscar Isaac, he checks all those boxes. And of course the idea of playing a character with, uh, with these um, issues of personality is appealing to any actor because it's a, you know, triple the triple the screen time, quadruple yeah. the screen time, because I'm playing like one, two, your, three. Your call four. sheet is uh, is number one, number one, and number one. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. So um, that I'm, I, you know, hearing about it was excited too, and you know, upon the delivery, it is doing a good job. We are three episodes deep, and yeah, there are some issues with the show. Um, and they're especially, I think, especially if you are attached to the Moon Knight concept as it originally was in the comics. If you're really attached to that, I totally get not liking this because, they're, like I said, it's not what I would have done. I don't want him to, I don't like the idea of him as a purely supernatural kind of hero. I want, I like him more quick side, to earth. Quick side question. Um, now, Moon Knight had his miniseries in comic books. How did you consume, like, because growing up, it's not like you know there was like in the nineties. Well, 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 in the nineties, it was he had he, he had a series in the nineties, um, and that got me in. And then I retrograde, you know, read through uh, the eighties. Werewolf by Nights. Eighties and some of his other his other appearances. There were digests and other ones you could get. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was lucky the comic book store that I had actually had some of those um, Incredible Hulk magazines, mm-hmm. which had Moon Knight in them. Um, 
So speaking of, I will speaking of uh, split personality. Yes, right, exactly. You know? Interesting that we have right. that uh, as a commonality between those two characters that used to share a book together. And and like I said, um, is this the Moon Knight of the comics? No, it's not. I don't like it when he's too mystical. But judging it as its own story, so far I'm interested. So far, I'm interested, and so far, I like the way it's done. I know that maybe I don't know. I don't really know what the issues are because it, at production-wise, it's very good. I think the acting is all they're all doing it uh, uh, spot on. Um, Stephen Grant, I can is a little too twee sometimes for me. It's a little too precious. But okay, he's supposed to be a very, very different person from Mark Spector. A little bit too mousy for you. It's a, it's a little too, too it's mousy. a little too much. Let's pile on and make him sad sack BS. <laughs> um, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it, it, they're telling the story in an interesting way. You have uh, F. Murray Abraham as Khonshu, as this you know god voice that comes in and out of the story every once in a while and very he, entertaining. He, he gives ways. me he gives me the the best li- one of the best lines uh, thus far, which is uh, you know. Uh, him, uh, Oscar is in a scene with um, Ethan, Ethan Hawke Hawk as Arthur Harrow, and he's like, Ethan Hawke is like, uh, is he talking to you right now? And F. Murray Abraham's like, punch him in the throat! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's yeah, talking yeah, to me right he's now. Like, he's telling you to kill me, isn't he? Yes, yeah. uh, what and, an asshole, you know? And, it's like okay, so this show starts out on the footing that we are being introduced to Stephen Grant first, and he's not a millionaire like he is in the comics. He's mm-hmm. this put upon sad sack worker at the uh, uh, at the museum, at the fran- yeah. uh, not the franchise. What do they call uh, the souvenir store yeah. in, in in the museum in London? Okay, he's really, really, really into Egyptology apparently for whatever reason, and which is in- which that's a very interesting because, and that is um, kind of a component that I do appreciate. It's uh, Mark Spector and his wife, they're like, uh, you know, we need we need Stephen's uh, expertise right. here. Right, yes, know? yes, and yes. Like, well, um, so the show starts out with the idea that, hey, Stephen Grant's a regular dude and some strange stuff is happening that he can't really tell. And, mm. oh, his life's not really that good. He wants to go out with his girl. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm a vegetarian. And, and every once in a while, he wakes up somewhere he does not know. feel uh, and uh, Bloody, hands are bloody. You know, something is going on. Most of the time, he seems to have been waking up at home, at least. Mm-hmm. But now recently, he's starting to have these moments where he wakes up many hundreds of many countries away from the UK. And, you know, I'm a shield agent. I don't know what's going and on. And what we learn is that he it's like the God starts talking to him and um, Birdhead. We, we get Birdhead. also him being attacked by supernatural forces commanded yeah, yeah, by yeah, this yeah, Arthur yeah, Harrow. Yeah. And Arthur Harrow is this guy who is has some sort of cult and he is judging people and he like takes their hand john and he's like i'm going to judge you for what you will do and then if you apparently don't if you do yeah apparently if you don't if you pass this test he's like oh you're a good person the 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 example they give us on the show to like really show know how like ah there's no leeway here mm-hmm. is there's this kindly old woman and he grabs her hands and she says i want to know if i'm a good person he grabs her hands and there's this tattoo he has that animates because that's how you know that it's magic is working like it like as a tattoo that's moving and he's like i'm sorry the judgment is final and like she just drops dead so this is the cult this guy is leading and he apparently was khonshu this egyptian god jim jones it very much is he's very much is that these people are willing to die from they show multiple times and it's a very large network of this cult and 
Apparently, Arthur was a previous avatar of Khonshu, this god of justice. And that gets really interesting. It's yes. like It's like saying it's like um, uh, there's Cap- Shazam, Captain Marvel Shazam, and then there's Black Adam, right? Black Adam was a Shazam before before Billy Batson was, right? You know, and this Arthur Harrow Arthur Har- character, I love it when he says, you know, I was I was the avatar before um, before you were, before and He's before a villain were. who has more knowledge than the hero. Mm-hmm does at least at this point so maybe he was a hero turned villain well his theme his theme his theme in the story is that he's like look Khonshu's the god of justice but he's retributive justice he he's a god he allows someone to get hurt things to go bad then he intervenes and punishes the the, the wicked or guilty after in the name of protect being a and in the name this- of a, uh, being a protector of people, right? And right? there's this and other the god, of, uh, free will too, right? right. Like you, right? Ex- part of that as well is exactly um, uh, that is lampshaded by the Stephen Grant character when he has a conversation and he looks at the cult and he's like, "So you're telling us that you would kill a baby if you used your magical power to divine that that child would one day do something? Is that mm-hmm. what you're talking Predestination, about?" Predestination, right? And he looks around, is like, "Is everyone good at th- with this?" And he looks at the cult, and they're like, "They're all down with that." <laughs> there is another god goddess who's apparently been buried, exiled, or whatever by the Egyptian gods, Amit, and that's her bag. Her bag, her bag is precognitive justice, and Harrow is turned from Khonshu to her. Somewhere in the intervening years of that, Khonshu kicked out. Khonshu decided that he was going to go. Now, what it says on the show is. He was going to go after Mark Spector's wife, Mark Spector, soldier of fortune, mm-hmm. who was with his wife, who they go around the world in very yeah. Indiana they Jones. Should have went after Phil Spector. Anyway, <laughs> so um, you know, so far that seems to be. We will th- judge the monkey wrench. Sure. Okay. Oh, that, okay. So, I, are, are you pre-cogging my monkey wrench? We're right pre-cogging the monkey wrench. We know when they'll happen. That's why. <laughs> anyway, so the idea here is that um, it looks like. Mark Spector was told by Khonshu, I'm going to go after your wife to be my avatar. And Mark is like, no, I'll do it. Now, how true that is or not, it may just be Khonshu's way of motivating him to be his avatar. Right. He may not have had it. He may not be able to, whatever the case is. Um, also, it is unclear because uh, when we meet the story starts, he's in Stephen Grant mode. This identity is in charge and doesn't even know about the things that marks now again the good brings so, the question so at this point he's gone beyond creating the personalities he he has no uh no acknowledgement of what each personality does exactly okay. we're deep into the did territory here where the one one does normally does not know what's going on with the other is there i'm sorry to keep interrupting you but uh is there a part <clears throat> in the plot where it explains like how he went from Consciously making the We're the three people. episodes in, so yeah. we, that is honestly, at this point, a little mysterious, because we'll get to why yeah. some things may or may be, not be. So the Stephen Grant personality is this very mousy guy who's being very put upon, and suddenly he's thrust into a situation where, hey, there's this evil cult who's after me for this object that I took, this thing that's a scarab that will lead them to the body of this other god. Um, who, you know, this goddess who they're trying to raise and whom Kanchu has some sort of rivalry with. But apparently it's also apparent that Kanchu is not in the good graces of the gods in general. The gods have supposedly retreated. We learn eventually that, but... They have, well, they have their own court, they have their own court system, right? And and Kanchu is just trying to appeal like, 
you need to you need to uh, you need to let me back in and and be able you need to help us because I'm I'm protecting humanity. I I, I still didn't give care. up on them. I, I didn't, didn't give up, up on it the way you did, and they're like, you know what? They gave up on us, right? You know, and that makes for great, um, yeah. great some kind of a a, a plot dynamic of, of like, okay, some religious commentary, right? You know, and it's also uh, my whole big question is like, where does this fit in 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 the MCU of things, right? Because the MCU. We've got Asgardians. Yeah. You've got. You're talking about big, powerful gods, right? And, you've, but you got Thor. And you've, you've got, got Eternals. You've got yeah, these so giant things that are just walking around space and treating, uh, treating the cosmos well, yeah, like and laboratory. That's, and that right? is also leads into part of the part of the story because. And where were they uh, during? You know. Thank you. Family. Right. All that. Exactly. All those questions. So, <laughs> so at one point in the story, um, where we have after we've seen sort of the very full extent of the power that Moon Knight does have, because uh, the, the um, Mark and Steven, they have to come to heads where eventually uh, he's like, you gotta, yes, I'm a, yes, I'm another personality. Yes. Some crazy shit's going on. You've got to give me control of this body so that I can call upon the power of Conchu, give us superpowers. We can get out of the situation, which includes, which includes both like fighting, Masses of guys, but also truly supernatural forces like Anubis-headed monsters and crap like that. So he's definitely way more powerful than he is in the comics. He's doing things that are like way and producing weapons at will that just come out of nowhere. And like and like Ed says, being able to be like stabbed straight through, like then break them off and still be you know okay. Being bulletproof, right? Yeah. So he's got some Egyptian, like, mythical... Hoo-ha, yes. Yeah, There's definitely some power, power stuff. And we f- see how much the power of the gods are, because they're all like, oh, we're not intervening. And there's a little... There is a moment where... Uh, where There's a moment where uh, Mark... It sounds being, like Achilles, to be honest. Uh, there's like a part where Mark is possessed by Khonshu at the at their little trial thing where they're meeting. And Isis... Um, um, I'm sorry, Osiris uses a little bit of a power, and it's like, okay, the gods can still bring mm, it if they yeah, need to. Yeah. Later on in that story, it's basically like they're like, oh, in order to get this meeting with the gods, Khonshu like caused a like eclipse in the middle of the day, which was like their way of going like, oh, wait, oh, dude, you're using major league power in public, right? Then the, he's told, don't do that again, dude. If you do that again, we are banishing you. We are we are taking your power. We are going to put you inside, you know, immobilize you, put you inside a statue. And he has to, to help out Mark and the and and the, this woman who turns out to be Mark's wife, who didn't know that Mark had gone on the lamb and created this other personality. And so she's dealing with her own issues with that. And Khonshu, like, changes the whole... I don't know if it's localized. I don't know. But, like, literally he changes the entire constellations in space. Yeah. Basically, it was it's yeah, is... it turns into <laughs> it turns into some kind of like um, uh, adventure where you have to you're 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 it's a puzzle that they have to solve. They, it's got they, very Indiana working, Jones vibes. Yeah, they're very, they're working with like you know maps and parchments and whatever. And there's and and there's a constellation. And uh, oh hey, thousands of years ago, that's not how the constellations were. If we're right. gonna be able to find this on the map, the stars have to look like, like they did two thousand of... years ago. And Conchu's right. like, okay, I'll do this. But if I do this, you know that. The gods will now confine me, and in that order brings... to triangulate and to find, figure out where this particular and thing. And this is. brings up the whole thing. Um, Ed Ed had uh, talked to me earlier today, which was, look, um, if he is without his powers now, is that where we're going? Are we going to go with okay? So now he has to be the guy in the suit. He has to be the Batman pastiche because he no longer has 
access to Khonshu, you know, giving him like, you know, super yeah, dude yeah. sort of abilities. Okay, that's fine. Um, what am I going to say about these three episodes? Because we just gave you like the kind of the breakdown, except for, oh, one last thing, one last thing. They are now spreading out the idea of sprinkling the idea of a third personality, which he always classically has had the three classic personalities and the Moon Knight identity, which isn't necessarily the same thing. You know, um, it's not like Moon Knight as a thing has I am Moon Knight and I have my own Moon Knight memories. It's always been Mark Spector puts on a suit. At least there's that here. He's chasing down some guys because the last thing that uh, Mark managed to get him and Steven into Cairo for the, for the, for, you know, for the purpose of the mystery. And he's chasing after some guys and Mark is about to, you know, looks like he's going to about to end one. And he looks into the mirrored surface of the knife that he's holding in the guy's throat. And there's Steven reflecting. And this is how they're communicating. And he's like, Mark, you can't do this. You can't don't, don't kill this guy. Please don't kill this guy. And somehow it seems that Steven is able to take over and Mark wakes up and he's in a cab and he's like, shit, what just happened? I just, I was about to get some information I needed. And he asked the cab driver, he's like, uh, what, what did I ask you? So you said, oh, you said to take it to the airport. And I was like, no, stop. And then he, as he stops, cause he sees the two guys he was chasing. He was like, good. I can kick, I can continue. And then two guys are like really scared of him now. Uh, cause he was kick, kind of kicking their ass. And again, he has one. He's got the knife to the guy's throat. And there's Steven again. Don't do this, Mark. Don't do this. And by being distracted by the conversation, one of them gets um, a the upper hand on the situation and knocks Mark out cold. Mark wakes up again. He's got that guy by the throat dead. His throat slit, the knife in his own hand. Now, Mark is the mercenary badass. And Mark is like, Stephen, what did you just do? He's like, and that Stephen wasn't me. Is like, that that wasn't, wasn't me. me. I didn't do that. I'm, I'm incapable of doing that. In the course of the show, there has been a breadcrumb that there is this third personality because there's a part of the show where Stephen is told by people around him and they go, um, this woman comes up and was like, oh, are you ready for a date on like Friday, Saturday night? And he's like, my what? All right. He didn't remember asking this woman out, going so on and so forth. Oh, and the, it, the intimation there is original before we knew what that Mark was married. It would be, oh, maybe the Mark. But then we learned Mark is married and he seems to be very loyal to his wife. So who is this third guy who wants to get Stephen Grant lucky? And now we know that there is a third personality there. Now in the comics, as I said, the third one is usually Jake Loxley, but he's not a serial killer or crazy. So I already saw this movie. Mm -hmm. it, it was a rom com. Mm. It was me, myself, self, and Irene. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the here's the the uh, overall. It's um, the fight scenes are just amazing to watch. You know, like the the scenes. There's a particular uh, one of the first scenes with uh, with Stephen Grant. Um, you don't see what happens. Right, they're like they're in the they, there's a there's a there's a car chase and and Stephen Grant is in the car and he's being chased by goons and um, and we'll just fast forward just fast through forward. the action Blank. sequence. What just happened? This guy's dead. I've got a gun in my hand. Right, you know. And <laughs> that's there's, also a good way to save money on a budget. Yes, yes. Oh, we but, just blanked out. Oh, but here's the thing, go. though. The uh, episode three has a you know a fight scene where. It's full out. You get full to see out. Moon Knight in his right. in his full glory, um, and and, and the guys... and the magical powers too, because he's got ja like I said, he's got javelins in him. Um, he's the the in this from the trailer, he does the the thing where he leaps and and his cape turns into a crescent. Mm. 
the crescent, the crescent, shuriken, shirk, whatever you call those things, <laughs> moonerangs. Yeah, moon like like you see those in their full full glory too. Now the thing that you don't see, and and this is maybe where I, I'll agree with you, Moon Knight from the comics, he's got he's got he does carry pistols and he's got guns. He's packing heat. Right, yeah. he's packing heat. He's not just like that. He's he will kill. He will kill. He, he will, will kill, kill a person. Um, yeah, exactly. My, but uh, but that's nice to hear from two guys who know about you know martial arts and stuff that you were impressed with the the fight sequences. Yeah, it's uh, the production yeah. values overall in the show are very high. Uh-huh. It looks great cinematography. Mm-hmm. They get some very good shots. They're doing some of the colors in that third episode. Um, of the, when him and the wife are heading over to meet that uh, dealer guy, yeah, like a bond and there's like this, right. this sort of like we're in Cairo and they're on this boat going across and they're on a boat that happens to be celebrating a wedding. Very very beautiful imagery all over. You, you guys have described the the show a lot, but you actually haven't said much about why you don't like it. Well, well, let, 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 yeah. um, about what if that's true. Do you you guys don't like it? Right? I no no no. I'm torn because it's not the Moon Knight I would want. I wouldn't do it but this it's the way. Moon Knight we deserve. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I can't, I honestly can't say that we're do- what what they're doing is particularly terrible to me. So I like I like how they're handling it's the only DID thing. It's not like the source material. There That's is the sort of like, yeah. and it go and it's it, there is a natural part of me where I'm going like this Where's is too yeah. this is too big for Moon Knight. He shouldn't yeah, yeah. be that kind of. But the, the it's the MCU, and the truth is the MCU has if if, if they're going to break lore. On Spider Man and Iron Man and Thor, yeah, and they have no matter what anyone who wants to defend the MCU can say, no, they haven't followed the comics exactly. They've broken, gone left when they should have gone right a thousand times already. So yeah, yeah. I can't, should I can't complain at this point yeah. that they're doing it that way. Yeah, I have to say that the uh, what's your overall the the, the well, let, let me just get to with Oscar yeah. Isaac's performance. All right, uh, um, that scene that you described where they meet the. Uh, the guy who owns the the parchment and the yeah, the, the they need that, that colonel's uh, sarcophagus. They're, yeah. So it's an it's an old friend of the of the of of the wife's, and he's big and he's jacked, right? You look at Oscar; he's like small, like as uh, well as Mark Spector. Even he's kind of like <laughs> he's very short. average. He's very average. very average, right? But you know that Oscar can handle these things. Oscar is just one of those actors where, you know, like... He's, he's believable, and he's very believable in a realistic, grounded yeah. special ops guy. Like, he's like, not... okay, this is a guy, however old Oscar is. Oscar's closing in on his 40s now. Yeah, yeah, he's... he's, he's... So it's like, okay, this is a dude who's been... You know, he can't be a, a jacked-up 21-year-old dude anymore, but, yeah, he's got that... He has that Kiefer Sutherland quality. Okay, very good. Very, now, he's, he's a very much Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. That's not yes. to say that, you know, um, there are these scenes where, you know, they like, um, well, saying- I guess we got to go to, we got to go to Egypt, cut to uh, Mark Spector's downing a bottle of scotch and, the, and and he's shirtless and you go, okay, he did some, he did work out a bit, you know, in a sense, the way uh, uh, Robert Pattinson kind of worked out, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's not. But again, like you say, very average looking. So, so are you saying there's some action scenes where you, you just couldn't buy it because he's just too? No, skinny? No, 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 not, not at anything, all. Reverse, reverse. Reverse. Not at all. Okay. Uh, because because again, Mark has to be a very brutal fighter. Uh, but also, it's you know, hey, it's uh, fantasy, so it's a little. Uh, they show a little bit of skill. There's a lot of sea lot uh, and Filipino martial correct. arts, right? Yeah. Obviously, because with the, the crescent the, knife the, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So you have that. He's so in Cairo. Have, we don't have another that like da- D- Danny Yen versus like Goldberg kind of fights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and regardless, it's it's a. Um, 
again, production wise, there there looks like they're do they're they filmed on location in Cairo. It um, looks like that. I mean, and, I was like, and, wow, they uh, really went to Cairo There's some green screen for some stuff that, uh, one or two, like that chase sequence in that mm. first episode. They spent Which you can this. see, this seems a little bit, but for the most part, it's working out well. The costume looks good. So on and so forth. There, like, Khonshu has to be a complete digital thing. He's a god who appears. He's 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 got a, skele- a bird skeleton head. He's got like this, head. this, this, like, ve- the, yeah, this vulture <laughs> headed sort si- of deals kind of, yeah. I guess. And, it, and it's just, it's, there's no neck. Everything is just like, you know, everything is CGI. But it, it, beginning, it's F. Murray Abraham's uh, um, performance. Right, and it. that's the other part of the cast surrounding Oscar Isaacs is really good. Um, the, the girl who's playing Lila is good. But I would say a good standout is Ethan Hawke as the bad guy. He, I, he I has to, a yeah, thing. Yeah, you know. He has right. a thing where he's the first character on screen and you see him, like, listening to this song and he has this hammer, like, cane. And he drinks something. He he puts the he puts the glass into this napkin. He folds it up. He smashes it with the hammer. It's all shards. He has sandals on. He well, he has sandals. The shards. But before he places the sand, he he, put, he fits into the sandal. He puts the shards into the sandal and, and walks then puts with on and, and walks you're like, with okay, them. What's okay, what's going on? What is this going guy? on with yeah, this guy? Right. Okay, and at the end of this third episode. Mm-hmm. The thing about his character is he is coming across as a true believer. He's not... If there's anything that he's fooling anyone, he's fooling himself, perhaps. Perhaps! And I don't even mean... You know, that might not even be true. He... Khonshu gets exiled by the gods to the statue. Because, you know, they told him, yeah, if you use your powers again in public, that's... You gotta go. And they do that, and they they bring in Arthur to uh, Arthur Howard to like have a discussion with him. He says, "Can you hear me?" He says, "Yes," and he says, "Look, I'm kind of happy that you know I admit that when I was in your service, I enjoyed meeting out your justice. I enjoyed being violent and cruel to people, but I guess I had to be broken that way in order to appreciate true healing." Mm. And it is because of what you've done now, because it's this whole, ha ha ha, even though the heroes got their next part of the puzzle, this really was the part of the puzzle that I needed. And I'm going to go on and win. He's like, my my victory is because of what you just did, yada, yada. So it doesn't seem that he's like power hungry or anything. He really believes this is the way to go, that, that serving this other goddess and reviving her is the thing he's got to do. It's really funny because uh, he's sort of created a Shangri-La like type of society where everything's all great because because there's no there's no crime everyone's happy well, and yeah, he's yeah, and yeah. He's, and he's, by he's, the way he's he's doing things the government's not he's yeah. feeding and he's he's giving health care and yada yada right. and there's also like uh oh we all we all we all speak different languages and and there's a scene where he speaks mandarin by the way on social media that's sort of like sort of like a controversy because it's like what the fuck did he just say in mandarin because it's horrible right even I had no idea what he said. Um, yeah. uh, I would like to just a uh, little shout out some some um, MCU lore stuff that the, the show has that might uh, uh, miss you or other people who watched it. Uh, number one, some people are going around on on, on in various fan places mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, uh, various media, big and small, going like, oh, maybe this isn't really part of the MCU proper. Because so far they haven't mentioned by name anything. Anything. Or even the snap. Or any of those things. However, the buses that are all over London are are all have advertisements for that relocation program thing that was in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. it is firmly okay, so, in right. the MCU. Post snap. Uh, it's it's a it's a post snap world. Um, it the uh, 
the other part uh, of the the that might some other people might have missed is shit just went out of my head just went out of my head god damn it Kanchu. Kanchu, he doesn't want me to know what my other is doing. <laughs> is Am I talking to Miguel? If I talk to Miguel, Am I talking to Miguel? Miguel? Uh, shit, what was Jordan, it? Jordan, is just that said, you? <laughs> that just came out of shit. came out of nowhere. Shit, I really did. It just went out of my head because it was like that. That that was one of the things that it was. It definitely is part of the MCU proper. Um, oh, um, that there could have been a um, a Black Panther crossover part with this hmm. because the the goddess of Wakanda, Bast is an Egyptian oh, god. Okay. All right. And I was kind of hoping that we would see that it would be something like that. We'd see like a Wakandan right. there and be like like where's she from? Oh, like a Dormalash some or someone who definitely mm. you're like, "Yes, that is a oh, Wakandan." Right. And be like, "I'm yeah, I'm the Avatar you mean of Bast. The, the Black Panther 3 sequel that's uh that or, just wrapped up their tight production. Right, <laughs> right, right, yes. <laughs> Speaking about multiple personalities. Anyway, um, or the idea that, you know, in the comics, in a way, I'm sorry, Panther Bat is, yes, sorry. Panther is Bast's avatar. Right. But are they, are they CGI-ing Chad or they got a new actor? Oh God! No, we're, yeah. Most likely, his the sister is going to take up the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. They'll handle that. No however, more, they're no going to mourn him yeah. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. it'll be something. No, I, I think you're missing the, uh, the, the 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 little detail that uh, she's an anti-vax. That was the whole whole really? mess about it. Yeah, yeah. Letitia Wright, uh, you know, yeah. had made a lot of statements. I had no idea. And the production was cut. But down, whatever, was whatever. Down that's for, for another COVID, time. Yada, yada, yada. But that was one but of the ones they that. Got rid of the uh, and I'm trying to think of there's there is also something else like I said that, that uh, you know it, don't worry it, Jordan you'll think of you you'll you'll come up with it later don't worry, don't worry. Um, overall though <laughs> uh, okay if I'm in if I'm gonna talk about these three episodes despite whatever reservations I had so far I'm in for the ride so far I'm I'm like okay you're taking some things way you're coloring way outside the lines in my opinion for what this character is as I think of him. Right, right. But that doesn't mean it's bad and yeah, I don't yeah. think it's that you bad. You just have to readjust what you And what I it means and I am enjoying the interplay the stuff the, the how they're using the multiple personality things again it's not how I would do it but I'm in, I I I think it I think that's good. Um what he's, if it's, he's it's hooked me and it, it you know I want to see the resolution of this story. Mm -hmm. And that's I, I, at a midpoint, three episodes in. I think it's done its job. What, what if it's a Contessa who goes, you know, Mark <laughs> Spector? I need you. Like I'm. I'm oh, for oh, someone. I have said that because here's the you thing. Know, all right, because now, it's. I want to just point well, out that a few a few weeks ago, um, the actor who played Thunderbolt Ross, uh, all right, died. He John, passed away. John, uh, William Hurt. William passed Hurt away. died. Passed away. Jesus. Now, now for a long time, there have been many people who have thought, the okay. We are going to see some Thunderbolts slash some version of Dark Avengers mm -hmm. as the sort of the next phase um, of storytelling or some or perhaps as part of the West Coast Avengers. And that's the, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Julia, Julia Louise Dreyfus has been collecting these characters and most people are saying Thunderbolts. And I'm going like, no, John wait Walker. A minute. You're picking up John White Walker. Vision. White Vision is around. John Walker. You've got War Machine you, getting his own You've got Clint. You've got Clint and the two Hawkeyes. And now you've got Moon Knight. All I'm you're missing saying, is Simon Williams, yeah, Wonder Man. I'm saying like we could, you know. Oh, if, you, if, mean, you, you mean <laughs> you mean that vision? <laughs> you know, if, <laughs> if suddenly it's something along the lines of like. Um, 
Nathan. I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of an actress who like a redhead who could play like uh, oh Tigress yeah Tigra. Tigra. we hear Tigra. Greer Garson gets uh, is 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 gonna get uh, um, uh, cast it's West Coast Avengers time baby it's West yeah. Coast Avengers time baby now I doubt they would call it West Coast Avengers because it's a horrible name for anything. Um, maybe you can call it something, but something. If, what if it was like, we're building the new Avengers yeah, show, a yeah. um, new Avengers team. You think it's going to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it should be a reality television show. Like, uh, the real Avengers of Humboldt County. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's a, it, it would be, look, the, if what you say is, ends up panning to be true, uh, that is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I don't know. More so than what the original Avengers were, you know, like this is this is not we're not a team, we're a time bomb. Look, <laughs> a guy with DID issues, you've got uh uh um an android that's been sort of brought it, back to life and his ex-wife and his ex-wife uh um cuz cuz as far at right now Wanda's still alive. We don't know what's going to happen with Madness, but if she survives that movie, as I think she probably will. You've got a bargain basement uh, Captain America wannabe who's been kind of uh, and, and, deactivated and reactivated. And, and, and off-brand Iron Man. And off-brand Iron Man, right? You know, and so it's like, and then Clint, who's, who pretty Tell much, he just wants really to- really feel about these characters. Clint really wants to just be with his family, but look, the only person that's, that, that really uh, deserves to run- uh, uh, this team is 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 Clint. It's Clint. Yeah, it would you have know. to be. It, it would have to be. naturally. Uh, I, and you know, there are some things you could do. Uh, look, I could see. I could totally see like it being like Clint and Kate and Yelena and War Machine. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about Yelena and U.S. Agent mm -hmm. Moon Knight, Vision, Scarlet Witch. That's not a bad lineup. You can, you can. You've got your yeah. diversity. You've got your multiple. Uh, you angles, can take on Kang with that. Sort and you of. can, yeah. <laughs> and that's the other part. You definitely. And okay, let's say you throw in Carol and Bruce if they're still around, so you yeah. get some power, right? Yeah, yeah you just used yeah. to said it. That's a team. That's end where, game two. That's a team where you could see them taking on a villain and it being a both. They could do it, but it would be a struggle. You could see these, like, yeah, they could take what, on what the if, What have we time. got to look forward to, Miguel? You and I will be hand in hand. <laughs> Again, you, me, and John, hand in hand in hand with Endgame 2, whatever that's going to be called. At the Elmo Draft House. Yes. Eating these, chicken tenders. These chicken tenders are the best I've ever had, ever. <laughs> and I'm crying at the resurrection of Tony Stark. <laughs> They brought it. RDJ back, man! <laughs> they did it! They did it, man! They did it! We did it, Joe! You know what would be funny is to ha set up cameras, but at, they'll stop us to be like, oh, you can't boot like, the movie. I'm like, no, no. We're the just doing reactions. Pointed, the cameras are pointed at us. As we react. As we react. <laughs> but um, look, so far, at this point in the show, I would recommend it. Um, It's intriguing me. I'm enjoying the ride. Still, I'm enjoying the action. I still didn't get to hear Ed's real problems with it i don't have well oh, you don't have problems. well because it's the the problem is not with the show with those three with these three episodes it's the source material because it's nuts just the way mark <laughs> specter is now. again because of its pulpy aspect because of its mystical aspect you re go go read the rick wikipedia yeah. and you go okay. what the hell is going okay, on let me let me ask you this and then to, just to, to to really put a fine point on it the way they are doing this version of this character, you're fine with, right? It's just that you think that you. Th uh, here's my question: Is what they're doing here more successful than what they ge what your general idea of the character is? 
my general idea of the character yes. is that uh, right as you said he's nuts and all yeah. that so well it's not just so that would you it's, say it's that the pulled, show it's pulled into so many different places right because okay but compared to the show would you say the show is accomplishing what it needs to accomplish absolutely okay right and that's so yeah gotta, right so you like it I do like it. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. I thought for some reason and what really help really helps are the fact that you have quality uh, performers and performances from yeah. from these. It's a stellar cast. It really is, and it's flowing well. That's the other part of it. Is like you would. It seems to in three episodes to at least be moving. Which is what you yeah. can't say. Such an Achilles heel of so many different streaming shows. Well, not just that. But the, like, these MCU like have uh, had their the dragging, shows. Yeah. Like one of the biggest criticisms of of uh these disney marvel shows is that oh my god they're not moving fast enough you know like there's only maybe just less than like like out of a handful of these shows maybe one maybe two they they flow. hook you with like one one or two and then spin their wheels until the end and then it's yeah. like okay we've got two episodes to wrap this all up and you know yeah. justify all this time now here's the thing the other thing also is the cons- uh, um i like maybe i i doubt we're, we'll mention this on the uh, on, on the part of with with in the news, Daredevil or any of those Netflix shows are now back in Disney, right? They're now back. Um, uh, so continue in Disney, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. There was also some scuttlebutt about how um, they had edited certain things on on some of the shows because um, to make it more palpable for a general audience. Uh, maybe not necessarily with the Netflix shows, but like I forget, like maybe Winter Soldier. Okay, um, I can yeah. So like they had to they Marvel they, has they, to think about various yeah Marvel's got to think about their various markets and other things. And, and that's you know, the thing about the show, it gets it gets this is this is not. I mean, there are certain scenes that I can't see a four year old, five year old who's yeah, really into they, like you know. They, and that's part of me thinking why they've gone into the sort of maybe pushing it more towards the mystical because mm-hmm. they're like ah the whole face ripping off thing. Maybe we'll maybe we'll table that. We'll give him magical superpowers and then like you know. Tore his face off. Yeah, exactly. Like and so he can get impaled, and so it's not a big deal. We know that he's going to be it's all right. Magic. It's magic, but, exactly. But you do see blood. I mean, he, uh, and and some swearing here and there, you know. Um, and they're I really say, moving I, towards I, into that territory. I would say that they probably should level it off as like slightly a, a couple of notches, but be below what you would see on Twenty Four. And it's not that Twenty Four was ever especially gruesome. It had gruesome moments, mm-hmm. but. Still had its violence. Still, still, violence was a palpable thing and was pretty real about you know how it break up and what it would do to people. But um, but like yeah, like, I, overall I would recommend it. So far, three episodes in, and the biggest thing anyone can say is I want to see the resolution. I want to see okay, where do we go? Conchu is as of episode three. Conchu is no longer capable of, of of helping Mark and his wife and. We have this third personality that seems to be really, 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 really wild. And we've got the intimation in it of Mark maybe doing, having this all as a penance, because it seems like maybe Mark killed his wife's father. Or maybe mm-hmm. one of his other personalities did. Well, what husband doesn't want to do that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we, we all, we all, Ed we, Ed, we never solved the murder of your father-in-law's death, did we? <laughs> That's right. Well, for one thing, he was not murdered. 
He died of natural causes. That's just what a murderer would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just what a murderer would the say. Poison Listen, don't let me get you in the box. The poison mimic. I'm your partner, not your friends. <laughs> but don't, but don't ever like accuse me of murder. Don't, don't go down this road. You're not gonna like what you find. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Well, down look, with look um, yeah, um, I would just say uh, so we got three more episodes. This is a six part. Yeah, here? I think it's like a six part. Right. So, so like, at yeah, the I'm looking point, forward to it's it. Solid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we will come back with uh, in the a short little in the news. After these words from friends. Freddy's Bar, a Brooklyn local institution located at 652 Fifth Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn. If you're thirsty and if you're looking to support local artists and musicians, come on over to Freddy's or check them out at freddysbar.com. Now, Johnny, you and I, we've played gigs here, right? Yeah. And they've got a whole back room full of live entertainment so after a long week at working from home during these times, close up and come hang out with your buddies at Freddy's Bar. That's freddysbar.com. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. And we are back from words from friends. Uh, we're gonna do a nice little quick roundup of stuff in the news. We haven't done it in a while. There's a lot to talk about, but in the immediacy of, you know, the in right here and now. A lot of drama. There's a lot of drama. And I just, uh, some stuff I just really wanted to hash out with Ed here for a little bit. So if anyone's been paying attention, um, Ezra Miller, who's playing Barry Allen for the DCE, you uh, for Warner Brothers DC. What he Ezra saying today? Exactly, he can't <laughs> seem to keep out of trouble. <laughs> and what we're looking at is um, a studio that has what has the potentiality to come within spitting distance, I would say, of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home numbers because it has the a similar nostalgia hook and that is that this flash movie that is coming up starring ezra miller is going to feature the return of Matt michael keaton, keaton yeah. mm -hmm. as batman and possibly maybe leave some breadcrumbs as to let us know where they're going with the dceu movies in general is this a soft reboot is it not is it doing something else but the idea is you want to hit no way home numbers and which again, at this you point have is again kissing two billion dollars, and you've got Keaton returning as bad. That's as big as big that's can be, right? That's going to pull you in. So the potential for this to be a big opener, at least, is there. And unfortunately, given all of the time off with COVID and everything else that we've had with this movie being pushed back, mental more than health once, is then, an and issue, and, <laughs> and mental health in, in general being an issue for some reason, their star Ezra Miller 
can't seem to keep out of trouble. Now, here's the thing. Um, earlier what kind on, of trouble? well, so trouble with I think the it was law. Uh, last year there was some controversy that he had he he had attempted to he uh, assault or choke out a fan or something like that, you know, and then uh, not too recently. He, he called in, out. He's in Hawaii. He, well, no, okay, wait, before wait, that, right, yes. right, right, right. He called out. He waged war, and this is Miguel. He texted me. He just waged war on the KKK, and not just anything. See, here's the, the <laughs> no. Now I, I, it is. Except here's the pro, where's where the problem comes in. So this it wasn't like he made an announcement. Um, and I forget even what it platform yeah, it was. Right, it was right. like his Instagram or right, something. Right. He puts out this video, and it's like this isn't just like. Hey, we are against hate. We are against you, the KKK. A specific We're, chapter. It was literally like <laughs> F you, local chapter 103 of on the, the corner of 5th and Main <laughs> in Cleveland. And I'm going like, no, your heart's in the right place, bro. But you do not like say, this was like meet me in a Popeye's parking lot yeah, shit. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like. <laughs> and then so a recent, just most recently in Hawaii, because he. He, he was at a karaoke he, bar or he something. He was at a karaoke. He was drunk. Um, uh, and I think it was might have been a restaurant. And uh, there was a, a a party that was just next to him. And they were too loud with their karaoke. All right. And uh, and then he, he, he yeah, started the fight. He started the fight. Straight up started the fight. And again, this is in Hawaii. He's it's literally in the middle of the ocean. And he's still finding problems to get into. And I am sorry. Oh, he was and then he was arrested. Ultimately, I think that this comes down to drug use. It just everything about the I'm sorry. Drug it, use, Miguel? Ezra, Ezra Miller? Miller? You you lie. <laughs> Celebrities? Uh, so a little, a little bit of trivia. Uh, um, my wife has a. My wife works for Posen Books. Uh, uh, she's she's an officer with the company, and she has a coworker, who um, he's he's like. Uh, uh, I guess he has his own band, and he kind of grew. Um, I guess I forget where he's from particularly, and but he was like, oh no, Ezra Miller. Uh, I know him. He's uh, his band and my my band. They, we used to be we, we used to be buddy bands, right? You know, and. Uh, yeah, he's uh, that just that just says something to you with the, the if you're he's kind of always been that way. Yeah, in that way, sort of like artsy, you know, crowd, whatever. And you know, alcohol, drug use, it's there. alcohol, drug use is going to be there. And he unfortunately is pissing away a lot if he continues this conduct because it is not what just Warner Brothers having been like, okay, here's this flat because. Look, he is sailing off of, I would say, some goodwill from that Snyder Cut movie. He had, the way Snyder had that written in that character and the way that he came out in his cut, The Flash comes off, I think, very, very well. I think he won a lot of converts. A lot of people would say, yes, I would follow that character and see what, what's next for him. Add in the Michael Keaton part, you know, of adding that nostalgia so you're getting all the 40-year-old nerds to come back. And then you add in that he's right and add in that he's also part of the wizarding world. He's part of uh, the Fantastic Beasts franchise. So Warner Brothers has invested a lot in the Ezra Miller business. They've doubled down on it. And he keeps proving their faith is perhaps misplaced. Well, you know, one of the biggest criticisms that was is is towards Warner Brothers, right? Because Ezra Just Miller get their shit together. Yeah, you know, like um they should have done something from the get-go because he represents two of your major um he's a rep he's he he represents two of your major brands, right? And, and I understand that, you know, he's an adult ed and 
there is this sort of like there was only so much a studio even legally should do mm-hmm. for someone there's you know it's like look ultimately but, but at the same time no with something this large these many franchises mm-hmm. this much money involved we're talking billions of dollars on each side and then what that means is this and you you go to the, a guy like that and go listen all right this is very important to us so we're going to avail ourselves of all of our resources to keep you out of trouble if you want to go to rehab we'll send you to rehab you want to be away from this? We'll be. We'll do it. But he has to ultimately be the one who reaches out. And this is something that will can have rever- rever- reverberations uh, on a larger scale because people's livelihoods are at risk here. You know, we're talking about production. You know, we're talking about these are franchises. About thousands, of billions. billions. They're, they're, the credits they're, at the end of each one of these big budget movies mm-hmm. is a, is ten minutes long for and a reason. All it takes is one fool. Yeah. Right. To act up. Here you have Warner Brothers. They got two fools. They got him and Johnny Johnny Depp. <laughs> That's a and whole Amber Heard, by the way. And, and, right. Uh, ben Affleck. Well, Ben's out of Ben's out of the business. yeah. Ben, he's out of the picture, yeah. But yeah. He's, still he's on rehab and all again. Yeah. yeah. But like, this is the thing. It's DC's picking. It, it's it they know has, how to pick him. It's uh, part and parcel. MCU of, is king. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it is part and parcel <laughs> of the f- simple fact that we have this whole sale of Warner Brothers to Discovery, and I feel that there's. Are you saying Karen Byron's under? Uh, uh, Karen Byron's could play Wonder Woman. Yes, that's what I'm oh. saying. You know, or at least she's my uh, Wonder Woman. He's your Wonder Woman. Of course she is. <laughs> um, uh, but it shows, you know, like, okay, here is, you know, every time DC seems to be able to, like, they're going into an area where, hey, maybe they're riding the ship, they get something else. Like, look, you know, the Black Adam uh, stuff I've seen so far. I'm interested to see where that goes. You've got a very big star of the rock. You've got, you know, s- seeds for what could go in a lot of different areas. Um, there, that, that's their, that's DC's attempt at their own Egyptian, you know, ancient Egyptian gods and stuff, you know, going with, with, uh, Hawkman and, uh, Naboo as Dr. Fate and yada, mm-hmm, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And yet here we are stuck with this, like, what are they going to do with Ezra Miller? Because the truth is at this point, can you send him out to do advertising for this movie? Because every single question on every single talk show is going to immediately go to, Hey, about those assault charges. Rather than hey, let's talk about the Flash movie, and that's not a that's not the sort of association any. Big and we and wants. we've seen what has happened, right? You know, like we we brought up Johnny Depp before. Right now, currently, uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp um, they're in a, yeah, yeah they're in a defamation lawsuit trial, right? Um, they're in courts currently right now. Uh, Amber Heard, um, no, Johnny Depp is suing his ex wife Amber Heard for like. I forget, like less than a million dollars. Amber Heard countersuits for twice the amount. Right? And this all comes to, comes down to the fact that, it, like you said, it, it, it had and him now, booted off. Of it had him booted things. off of Fantastic Beasts um, uh, because he was the surprise. Um, yeah, choice. The, 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 the surprise Gr- choice to be Grinwald. Yeah. To be Grinwald, and then he does the second film. Uh, and then now they've recently replaced him for the third installment, now, which course, is the, you know we, we, that's yeah. not unusual. Secrets of for, Dumbledore. That's that's not even with Mike with Matt Mickelson. Uh, which well, uh, this is this is not uh, too out of it for the Harry Potter franchise. They've had to replace actors before. You know, mm. the, the, the biggest one, of course, being you know Gambon replacing yeah, yeah. Uh, Harris. Um, but it's never good for any production to have that. It's not right. good for you know. But that's different because again, because it's the uh, it's the 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 name, and you represent the brand. Um, there are kids who look forward to seeing, seeing these a flash, yeah, right? and they know who they're going to sell to with a flash sort of thing. I think that Ezra Miller's version 
had something. I think you could. Now I think the likelihood of them being like, hey, let's make a Flash cartoon series as a companion mm-hmm. to this. And you're like, nope, that's not happening. That now, here's the thing. If you were to tell me uh, that they would, um, you know, recast him. Let, let's say that. That Grant Gustin thing happens? No, no, no. Oh, no. Hell no. Uh, let's say that <laughs> no, for, for argument's sake, uh, Tom Holland. Let's say they replace him with that. Just as an example. A big fat check. Big fat. Now, I'm all, I'm all for, basically what I'm saying is I'm all for recast. You know, if they can find the right person. You know, that just goes to show me and how what, I, I do love know, Ezra, but at the same time, he's not, he's being indispensable. He's, he's not, not he's being right problematic now. in the part for right now. I hope, I, I kind of hope, I want to see the continuity with the character. Um, Great. Because I think Spider-Man's a bad example because we've already seen four or five different Spider-Men. You know, in like 15 years. Well, this is a multiverse movie. That's right, the thing, right, right, though. Right, so, I mean, it the like that was just for argument's sake, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the whole thing. At the end of it, you can, you know, you can make an excuse why, hey, we we messed up the multiverse. And mm-hmm. Here flat, we go. Flash what? now looks yeah. like this. His face got messed up during the <laughs> time travel. I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Um, Barry Allen does die in the DC. He does the die, and, and they do pass it on to, you know, that the Flash has been a legacy you character. You know, an executive is like, Maybe we should pull this script. <laughs> you know he's got a nephew who can replace him at any moment, right, Ezra? Get in the fucking suit and keep your mouth shut. Um, Dance, monkey! Uh, now, um, uh, second up is that uh, two days ago we had our uh, big tr- trailer for Stranger Things. Oh, I like to call the tale of two Steves. The, the, the tale of Steve, the Hare Harrington, and Steve Perry. As we as we just watched from the trailer, it was the, the you know I didn't really notice Steve Steve too much. I saw like one shot of him. Isn't he in that like? I really did house? have Steve, Steve Perry in my head when you said that. I'm not joking. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, but like um, I I didn't notice uh, my, my main man Steve Harrington. But okay. <laughs> By the way, go back to our old episodes. Okay, Miguel seriously has. A a uh, he you do have a deep like man crush on man Steve crush on, on Steve Harrington. He's my Rick Jones. That's my highest <laughs> highest possible. He should be the live action Rick Jones in the MCU, which they'll never do. But c'est la vie. Look, we're picking up from season the, the third season. Um, you know, there's so many obvious plot points that they've got to pick up from the kids all leaving Hawkins. Obviously, Hopper in Russia. Uh, and it looks like it's all par for the course Stranger Things stuff. It's a good trailer um, uh, in the sense that, you know, it is immac- how trailers should be made. It's immaculately cut and it uses it like this was a trailer that was done to get that Stranger Things juices going. Because it's like, yeah, we're going to we're going to start with like an eerie version of uh, what's the name? What is that journey song that they use? Um, Sometime you Someday love will find you. Take those chains to find you. You know, and it's like pure '80s, pure '80s synth with gigantic bombastic production. Um, it's it's a Stranger Things trailer, you know, giving us all of the goodness that we're seeing. I have only one is, thing to what add did you to say it. Say it was like ten years later, right? Not no, it's just been, dude, between season three and now has been, a, a, it's been a wait, you know, COVID notwithstanding. Um, and uh, like they were, years. they were much younger um, performers when that, you know, when the show started and even at the end of this, of, of season three. 
I'm really surprised that uh, Jonathan went like, um, oh, yeah, the guy from Mad About You. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Mad About You. That black guy. That black guy. <laughs> you know, the Jewish guy on TV. <laughs> you know, that Jewish guy. The executive. Exactly. Oh, anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> I think it, it, you know, it's par for the course. It has that powerful, like, okay, what are we going to get from here? My only thing is there's a voice at the beginning. It's, you know, you know, doing the usual bad guy narration stuff. And <clears throat> I, I thought that this show would very much benefit from getting away from the mind flayer as this main villain for at least for a little bit and have something that's not necessarily totally connected to the other side um as it were the upside down you know <clears throat> something slightly different and i was really hoping you know and who knows maybe maybe there is i mean risers has this talk of <laughs> you, he's like he's like you, you said don't trust paul riser and i'm like me. i'm like not on Lisa if, he, if he's American. And this is an American. Because this is Cold War era. Okay, let's just be straight. <laughs> and that, exactly. Like, I think he says, he says to her, you know, you're, we're in a war. You're the only way mm -hmm. we can win this war. Maybe there is some, you know, obvious Cold War stuff. We see, you know, Winona getting a package from Russia that was apparently by, like, triple special mail or whatever. Uh, yeah, because he turned into the, the you know, the... the <laughs> He, he transposes between universes. He becomes <laughs> Red Guardian. Guardian. <laughs> uh, but um, that's about the only thing I can say. I mean, like, look, I, am I excited to get the show back? I'm very excited to get the show back. Um, do I hope it's a return to form? I hope it's a return to form because I'm one of the few people out there that was not crazy about season three. Mm -hmm. um, season three for me was many steps down. It was... More cloying and annoying <clears throat> and way more of, like, I always say, season one and season two, as someone who lived at that time, who lived through the early 80s, you know, people say, oh, the 80s, and they immediately go to Dayglow Colors, you know, <laughs> and Reagan, and just say no. And it's like, yeah, there was the 80s also from 80 to 83, mm -hmm. where things were much more toned down. And, you know, I like that that was captured on the show. Now, granted, they are into Reagan's second term now, and it is yeah, all yeah. about, like, you know, yes, the culture, everything did become more outrageous, colorful. But things get really stretched because even you were like, oh, these kids are, like, 20 now, right? And I'm like, uh, I don't think they're 20. Um, guys, you can go ahead and, and look that up uh, for yourself. But they're older now. They're, but they're older, they're yeah. Much, they're much older, and, you know, they are getting into the idea of the changing of what teen culture was at the time. Mm -hmm. um, they're no longer little kids um, it's interesting to see, you know, um, Billy, uh, uh, you know, Millie Bobby Brown is a cutie patootie. Okay. Um, she, 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 you know, to be a dirty old man, she cleans up real nice. You see her on the catwalk and stuff. And yet you see how they're dressing 11 mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah. And it's not that they're they're These, these people are necessarily hip and with it. You know what I mean? Well, I can they, easily they look like see... a little more, they look like they're more like, they're not the ones who now, okay. Um, Oh, who, 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 who's the name of the African-American kid on the show? What's his name again? He's not Jefferson. He's, um, see, that's how long ago it's been. Yes. That, that's been that long. Thing. That's not, I thing. don't remember. Some I of think these it's been like over two years, like in the, but the young African-American right? kid, he's got the high top. Yeah, fade. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, the, yeah. he's got the kid in play on, but you look at the other ones and they look very like, Oh, you're not listening to hair metal at this time. Mm. You're not, you're not down with poison. 
you're you, you're the ones who in a couple of years when you're in college are like, thank God this Pearl Jam's around, man. Well, the- well, that is interesting though because uh, it, I can easily see this being an, um, a show that's that starts in 1989, right? You and I have our own little uh, discussion about when the 80s begin and when they when end, end, right? Exactly. But of course, you know, like the maybe it does start in 89 and. And this series ends with like, okay, we're going into the '90s, you know. I don't I'm, think so because they're in high school still in this part, and like mm-hmm. the last ep- the last season was '85. The show starts in '83, '84, and '85, but they wouldn't be in high school. That's just the thing mm-hmm. that they would have already they would have moved on to college. Yeah, yeah. Um, do I think that you can? I think you should stretch the show out mm-hmm. until they are out of high school. Yeah. So we are this, you know. I think that. Whatever happens to these kids as young kids, as teenagers, end it before they're in college. Mm. And also before we've played this thing out. And again, this I hope is a return to form. I hope it's it gets back to a little more of the grittiness. I hope that they have some control over the cast because I think that it's always been an issue with the show. Um, this trailer starts with Billy, you know, his sister over Billy, Billy Hargrove's grave. Mm-hmm. And it, that... Billy dying kind of is it was like yeah we we had a lot of people in this cast Barbara yeah yeah exactly Billy. Barb um that we, and then we just kept adding you know where the the the, the young sister of um, again I'm forgetting yeah. the char- character's name but like oh we added her into the mess and like again Billy and his sister were right. added you know it's, and it's like I think we need to pare this down and I hope that we get to something where like okay they're separated um We've we've got to deal with whatever the storyline that Hopper's doing in Russia. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, Those uh, words, I, like what you just said, they just sound absolutely ridiculous. Whatever Harper's doing in Russia, <laughs> whatever he's doing, it's like because a, there's a tunnel that goes from Russia and a, to, and what what is it? Does it to, look like they're doing like gladiatorial combat with the with the uh, with the demogorgon? You know, with the demogorgon, it's like oh, I'm gonna have a fight. Like again, I hope he has a super soldier. Well, we hope it's also a hit because uh, I'll, I'll say right now. Millie Bobby Brown, she's not really not doing much. Um, I was, I've been kind of like disappointed with with uh, what that uh, um, the Godzilla films. Not just that, but also the uh, the um, the Sherlock Holmes thing that she's a, that that. She oh, did, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Enola Holmes, you know, with which with, at this point with, is actually quite old. It's about yeah, yeah it's about you two know, years Henry, old, Henry. Well, Henry Cavill's got need to work, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and okay. uh, between him and build that PC, and Finn, PC Gamer for life. because of uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, like some of these kids, they need better projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm hoping, and that's why it's that's the thing. It's been a while basking mm-hmm. in those kids, that cast in general, because it's not just the kids. It's like I said, we have Hopper and Winona. Um, it's been a while. I want to get back into that world. So I am very hopeful. I think it was a very effective trailer. And what I saw looked cool. Looked like it was going to be a very packed season of events and stuff for the characters. So good for uh, anything else you want to you wanna end up on uh, here? Uh, yeah, uh, we've got um, next week is um, Easter Easter week, spring break. Okay, we've got Picard 3 coming up. Um, we want to invite Brian Solomon back um, uh, because yes. he's got a new book. And his new book, by the way, um, let me just pull this up really quickly. Um, Big butts. Brian Solomon, who used to work for WWE, he's come out with a new book called Blood, Fire, and the Unbelievable 
Real Life Story of Wrestling's Original Iron Sheik by Brian R. R. Solomon. Go check that out. Uh, pick that up. Um, uh, and we will have him um, back soon. Uh, we're going to cover Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, we're going to finish up with Moon Knight mm-hmm. uh, once it's done. And as you said, Picard uh, Season 2. Uh, and I have no doubt that we'll probably also uh, have to dip our toe into Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we've got a lot coming up. We want to thank you all for supporting <clears throat> us and uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation on Moon Knight and the news of the day. And until next time. To be continued. Someday love will find you. Break those chains that bind you. I don't even know that. One night we'll remind you. Anyway. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Thanks, Clark. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also our various platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.